Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And this is the first time we've ever done a second part to an episode. A <laughs> two-parter. Uh-oh. And this is the second part to the new games coming out in 2021, right? New, R- new RPGs. New RPGs. Because I'm sure there's tons oh, of more games coming no, out. No, we would never be able to finish that. <laughs> there were some other games that I wanted to talk about, but not necessarily too detailed because... His list is huge, people. Well, it's not huge, but... So Iron Kingdoms uh, Requiem is a... What is that? It is a steampunk fantasy. Do you have that book? I have an old version of it. There's a new version coming out? Well, I have two old versions of it now. (laughs) So Iron Kingdoms uh, is a steampunk RPG, steampunk fantasy. Think of it... uh, Which is a genre that Saul loves. Right. I do like steampunk and and fantasy is kind of a... It's kind of not my favorite, but it's pretty interesting because a lot of people don't like mixing their... Because a lot of people don't like Shadowrun because they don't like mixing magic with their cyberpunk. It's not fun for oh, them. Oh, cyberpunk doesn't have magic? The original cyberpunk game? No. It's just, just a Dysopian? Dystopian? Dytop- no, Dys... I don't know. I can't say Dystopian? It Dystopian uh, uh, future. And there's no magic. It's cyberpunk. But Shadowrun, that's what makes it cool. <laughs> Yeah, throwing elves and dwarves and and dragons. How could that not be fun? But I swear, a lot of people don't like that. Steampunk is uh, is usually Victorian era, slightly altered history where people are able to make steam powered uh, machines that clockwork that, stuff, clockwork stuff that you know, automatons they call them instead of robots that walk, you know, walk around. They have a little you know a mechanical. Things like robots, and also depending on how how much from reality you want to get to, they have like in, in Iron, Iron Kingdoms they have mechs, steam powered mechs, you know, big old huge yes. walker type things. Like imagine, do they have a, zeppelins? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, zeppelins is of course a, a must in any steampunk setting. So I don't know. I don't know originally what year Iron Kingdoms came out, but I have a two D twenty system, so that obviously says that it, it came out after 2001 during the d20 craze of the early 2000s where everybody just published anything and there was a lot of stuff now the difference between those and this uh, the iron kingdoms that that was put out is that the books were really well done they're really beautiful looking books they're not color you know, you know not like it is these days where where a lot of fantasy, not fantasy, but a lot of role-playing books have full-color art and their pages are glossy or semi-glossy. You know, this is like regular old-style books with black and white art. But the cover is nice and they're hard covers. There's two books. One deals with the world and the one another one deals with the, with the character and character creation and character rules and stuff like that. So it's kind of like the, the player's handbook and the GM's guide kind of thing. And so the new one is is published by who? I don't know who's publishing the new one. <laughs> it's I don't remember, but it's gonna. I do know that it's gonna be kickstarted in in the in the spring. Oh, it's not even kickstarted yet. Not even kickstarted yet. I don't think. Oh, is it? I don't, I don't know. So. You're, you're the one that made the list. I did make the list. I don't have a note on whether. Of course, it's based on the fifth edition D and D. Now I'm gonna run. Uh, quite a few of these games that I list on my list are five edition, fifth edition D and D iterations of the rules, which kind of scares me a little bit because I, I understand the idea. And everybody says this. I understand the idea of 
hitching your wagon to fifth edition D&D because fifth edition D&D is like crazy popular, right? It's probably the most popular D&D version to ever existed. It is hugely making uh, hugely. It is making huge sales still. And uh, and it's been that way for a few years. You know, every year they say, well, D&D is finally going to take a dip in sales. Uh, and I don't think it has. I think there was a little period there in 2019 where it might have plateaued. But it plateaued at such a high level that it's like it's making a lot of money. Right. So, of course, uh, if you're a small publisher and have these rules or this setting that you want to play in, you you know, you might think about using the fifth edition rules as the base for your for your mechanic or using that set of rules and that way people when you go to sell the game to people either on kickstarter or get it published you have that what is it that uh, recognition that recognition <clears throat> right consumer recognition of oh it's dd fifth edition set with these rules you know, rules with with this setting immediately the people already know how to play you know you have this huge player uh, what do you call it base player base right and uh and i know and and i'm and i know that that is a big deal for publishers right because you want to sell as many books as you can and they're looking at economically now sometimes i don't know if the genre fits the system and you know i think dnd fifth edition is great for fantasy and i don't think it's uh it's the end all be all of all systems Uh, i think we should all remember the 2d the the 2d the d20 craze of the early 2000s and how we ended up well not we but people ended up with tons of books that they just couldn't sell so there you go but i think if you have a good enough i'm idea, not sure what you're saying well i th- i think you're I, worried that too many people will use the the fifth edition yeah, system and then nobody will buy it yeah because I, I don't think the fifth edition is good rule set for everything right right but and 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 I, and I think in the, in the D20 craze people were just like putting sometimes crap you know crappy rules that you know weren't very well balanced and were you know whatever and stamping the the D20 logo on it and trying to sell it because that's the way it was i mean talk to anybody who owns who owned a business back then a hobby store and how much D20 books they carried and how many D20 books they actually sold I mean, I remember shortly after the D20 craze, probably about 2007, 2000, 2009. You were able to get a whole bunch of books well, for yeah. cheap? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you would, we would go to the, to, to the conventions and go to the flea market, and people would have, like, massive amount of milk crates of all kinds of D20 books, and they would sell them for, like, a dollar. And still they weren't being sold because it wasn't all that good. So there you go. Hopefully, people won't make that same mistake. I think uh, certain companies uh, for certain games, like these guys, they really love their game. Uh, they're really tweaking the game to fit the 5th edition rules. And like I said, they have a 5th edition. I mean, they had a D20 version of it, which was really well done. And and then they came out with another version of it. Uh, the, the different company came out with a different version of it, was, was which was really closely tied to the miniature game. So it really played like a miniature game when it got into combat and stuff. But they were really beautiful books. Well, then it should work well with the D&D 5th edition <laughs> rules or any D&D rules. That's true. So Iron Kingdoms, if you like fantasy and you like steampunk and you like them mashed together, uh, this is a really good uh, good game for you. Coming out in 2021. Is it coming out in 2021 or is it getting kickstarted in 2021? I think it's both. 
They, they, they plan on having it out like within six months. Okay. But they all say that almost. Okay. And your next one? Stargate RPG. Ooh. Yes. Now this is this is almost like repeat exactly what I said before about Iron Kingdoms. Stargate is going to be using the fifth edition rules. Okay. Right? Stargate had a previous edition using the D twenty rules back okay. in the early two thousands. I have those books. They're really good. I and and the, the good thing about the the well the original Star Stargate is that they were really well made books. They were really nice looking books. They were glossy, full color. They had pictures inside of them. Of course with the show right yeah right so they had you know the, the the main characters on there and everything and i never got to run it because i would nobody wanted to play it at the time you know i always wanted to play it but i never got to play it because i would always go to the conventions where it was run and a ton of people would want to play it and now that now there's hardly any D uh, stargate games but i'm guessing stargate is going to come back in a big way uh they kickstarted this in 2020 so the book should be published in 2021. Now, I don't remember if I kickstarted this one. I don't think I did because it was really successful. And what I like to do with my Kickstarter money, I like to support games that I think that may or may not, uh, uh, what do you call it, fund. And so I, I feel more uh, like I'm helping a, you know, a small company get published if I, you know, if I put in for a Kickstarter that's not like super killing it, right? Like if they're already like 1,000% funded, I know that I'm going to be able to find that book in a game store when it's finally when the Kickstarter is over, right? Because what happens is they offer, you know, most most Kickstarters offer a retail version, right? They go, well, if you're a retailer, we'll we'll sell you five books for a really low discounted price, and then you know they make sure that the person has a wholesale license or retail license, or whatever, and then they send them the books. And so that's why I think uh, I didn't kickstart that one. But it's based on fifth edition rules, so there's levels. The problem I have is some certain genres for me doesn't make sense to have levels, like levels of type of character. You know. Well, um, Stargate would, would it would make sense? Why? Because as the more different worlds you go to, the more experience you're going to have. The more different. Ah, in that sense, yes. In, in the old D twenty uh, books, they came out with like a series guide, so it, there's a pretty thick uh adventure guide and it goes through every single well, at the t at the time of publishing of every single episode in like a little synopsis so it's a genre specific oh yeah Star okay. stargate yeah. yeah yeah well of course you can make up your own worlds and your own adventures right which is which was perfect for for a role-playing game you know you have this team of people that you put together and you send them to different places with certain goals in mind right right uh, another TV show, Altered Carbon. Now, Altered Carbon is it's watch a TV it. show. TV show on Netflix. <laughs> it is a sort of sort of cyberpunk, but you know what? It, what it really is is it's called transhuman. Transhuman? I don't know what it is. The transhuman is not the word, but it's when you are able to to save your consciousness and put it in a different body. Ah. Right. So in this game, in this show book. Uh, RPG, uh, you are able to, they call them sleeves. You are able to enter different bodies uh, depending on what you're need, what is needed, right? And of course, you know, uh, it's, it's mega rich corporations. It's kind of cyberpunk, uh, dystopian uh, future 
where the have-nots are really have-nots and the rich people are like ridiculously rich and uh and of course the rich people are able to have sleeves bodies that are either made by uh, uh their clones so they're perfect in every way and while uh, other poor sleeve poor people can can keep their uh they call it a core stack it's like it's something that's like inserted into your spine or into the base of the neck and that has all the memories and stuff of the body and you can move that core stack to different bodies so what, what it so it's a very interesting world it's very you know uh it's reminiscent of a, of a of a decaying world but at the same time really rich world and in the in the tv series i only seen seen the first episode i mean the first season the second season changes because it's a different character and what's really interesting is that the 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 character now how does it work the character i don't remember now <laughs> i can't think of it but it's a very interesting idea that you can switch with sleeves and bodies and get like a really strong uh, sleeve uh, that has a, a huge reaction that has you know kind of like cyberpunk where they have you know grafted uh, muscles and stuff like that to make them quicker and and stuff like that so it's a really interesting show uh, it's a really interesting uh, uh, set of rules. It's not based on 5th edition, which is interesting. It uses its own brand new system where you roll low instead of roll high. Ah. Ah. And you roll different di- different types of dice, dice to make your attempt at your skill roll. So a D12 is the worst die you can roll because you're trying to roll low. Mm-hmm. Where a D4 is the best. Okay. That's about all I know about the system. You can go to alteredcarbon.net or whatever it is. I don't know where. Uh, but they have That's a That's not very informational. Know, so, but you can look it up. You can look it up easy. Google you know, Altered Carbon RPG. It will take you to either the, I think, uh, the, Kickstart, the Kickstart page at the very least. And there, there's a link to the Quickstart rules. So you can actually check out the game with pre-gens, with an adventure, and check it out. Almost all these you can do that with. So Altered Carbon, something I'm looking forward to. Like I said, it's based on a TV show. Yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, another one is Interface Zero 3.0. Now, Interface Zero is a cyberpunk game. Uh, it came out for, I think it came out for uh, Savage Worlds. And it and it and then it came out with, it. I think it might have come out with its own rules. And then it, now uh, 3.0 is back to Savage Worlds using the new Suede edition or Adventures edition that just came out maybe a year ago or so or so you know i don't know if how many of you have the same problem but 2020 doesn't seem like a year because and at the same time it seems longer than a year so it's kind of this weird uh feeling but interface zero is a cyberpunk game it has its own own kind of a has a quite a bit bit of a setting it was really popular for a while but with the new edition of uh, savage worlds they coming out with a new edition of interface zero I know you have your list there, but oh, yeah. you were telling me about the game called Dune. Dune, yes. Dune uh, is being published by by uh, Modifius, I believe, 2D20 yes. system. And uh, and I don't know much about it. I I don't think it's even been, has it been kickstarted yet? I don't think so. I think they're still working on it. And uh, Modifius is a really good company. If you like their 2D20 system and you like their books in the past, I'm sure they're going to come out with beautiful looking books, you know, John Carter, the maps on, on it are, are nice. You know, everything is just, they're really good at hitting the feeling of the book 
of the genre with the book, right? So John Carter's books are really nice. They're really weird. Uh, and they use the, the only thing is they, they change the profile. So they, they, they're really long. Uh, a lot of people don't like that, but I thought it was fitting that it would be different. Really long? What do you, you know, mean? They're, they're long instead of you know, eight and a half by 11, uh-huh. but instead of being tall, you, they're landscape edition. Kinda, okay. Kind of. That's how they're, that's what it is. Okay. Like I said, I don't know too much about it. I read Dune. I don't know if I, I've ever talked about Dune. As in, I think I was like 13. And I don't think I was smart enough or had the concept. I don't know. My brain wasn't quite fully developed enough to understand it. Or I was really confused during that book because there's a lot of thought speech. I don't know. Have you read it? No, I avoided Dune. Yeah. And there's a lot of thought speech, which when I was younger, I was like, because the thought speech was in italics. That was the only difference. And I'm like, why is this in italics? I was thinking. And then I'm like, oh, they're thinking. And then I was like, and I couldn't remember. Sometimes, you know, as a 13-year-old, I couldn't keep track of what well, was it. Does this person say that or they think that? You know, and it was just, it was really hard for me to understand. There you go. But I like the story. The story behind it was really neat. And the things that Frank Herbert wrote a good book. But like I said, I was just really complicated. The movies, I've only seen the, the movie with uh, Sting. And I can't stand that freaking Baron Harkonnen or Harkonnen, that big fat blob that floats around. But that's exactly how he described it. And it was just really gross. I am a little bit wary of, of a whole role-playing game that takes place, a space, uh, a futuristic uh, science fiction game taking place on one planet. But... You know, most adventures and most games take place on one planet. So maybe I'm being too critical of it. Uh, there's probably plenty of stories to tell about Dune other than the story of Paul Atreides, the main character who, I don't know, he frees Dune or frees the Freeman or something. I don't know. It's been a long time since I read it. It's been a long time since I watched the movie. I have not watched the, the, the newer one version. Some people hate it. Some people like it. I should watch it because I do, I, do like, I do like science fiction, but I haven't seen that movie. So, yeah, there it is. And another one you were telling me about was the One Ring. There's the a one new ring, edition. Second edition. Oh my God! So I really truly love the One Ring. Even Jolene refuses to play that with us. Uh, I don't know why. She loves Token. She loves the uh, the the setting, and maybe she thinks we'll ruin it for her. I don't know. But uh, we've been playing the One Ring for about two three years now. I hate to say, it seems that long. Probably longer. Uh, it was the, one of the first games we started playing when I gathered my ragtag group of people who who play at Stanford, you know, ragtag group. And, uh, you know, we eat uh, brie cheese and, uh, and stuff there. It's only because Cowie feeds you well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so thank goodness for Cowie, uh, our host at the time uh, when we used to meet face-to-face. And... Uh, I think I started running the one ring and Bay really likes running the one ring. So we co-GM, you know, we don't really me- have a meeting of the minds and say, oh, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. I just told him my basic idea of what I wanted to do with the campaign. And that's all I did. I didn't say, well, you have to follow my ideas or anything. But he seems to be running. You know, we seem to be running fine together. Uh, we trade off and on, though. I think he's been pl- he's ran a couple games more than I have now. Because I really like playing the game. The One Ring is a really cool system. It's not 5th edition rules. It's its own, very own system. It's very unlike uh, D&D in a sense. I like the way they deal with with uh, 
with armor. I like what they deal with with uh, fatigue and hit points. They don't have hit points. They got this thing called fatigue. Uh, I like everything about it. It's a little wonky, you know, the rules about combat rules. That's okay, because the second edition might change just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, well, okay. So then there's been a little bit of a problem because the One Ring was originally published by Cubicle, uh, 7. Cubicle 7, which I think is a fabulous publisher. I love the books that they've put out. They, they're really nice. They're all working on the second edition. And they were working on it, working on it. And then all of a sudden there was a dispute about a contractual dispute about obviously had to do with money. And the person who owns the, the ability to the rights, the rights to Lord right, of the rings, the Lord to publish Lord of the rings, uh, middle earth, uh, not Lord of the rings, middle earth, uh, uh, RPG belongs to, Oh my God, I can't remember, but it belongs to a certain studio. And basically I think, uh, they, somebody wanted more money or something happened along those lines. And, and the publisher cubicle seven couldn't pay it or didn't want to pay it. So they lost the rights to, to publish the game, even though they had worked on it quite a bit. I mean, they were like, they were sending out pictures of pages and mm -hmm. what they were look like. And, it looked like it was going to get published in 2020. Uh, so so it was really uh, uh, disheartening to see that it wasn't going to get done by Cubicle 7. Uh, the the person who owned the rights, I think, I don't have a one book, book one ring book handy, but I know what, I'm going to go get one. So the owner of the rights of Sophisticated Games and the publisher was uh, Cubicle 7. And I believe Francesco Nipotello, who was the writer Either either is very heavily is owner of sophisticated games or anyway so he starts shopping around to get a publisher to get a publisher and uh, he found somebody uh, free league and it's free league yes free league is coming out so according to everything that they've written and I've heard and read is that it's not going to be a massive change in the rules free league is not going to adapt new year zero year zero year zero engine they're not going to adapt it to the year zero engine it's going to be tweaks of the rules and you're still be able to supposedly use the old rules or the old uh, books uh in the new second edition which is uh, is a sigh of relief for you know thousands of players that play this game it certainly makes me happy there's just like i said the the, the book is now out of out, out of print, print because Cubicle Seven literally uh, legally could had could not sell any more of the books as of uh, sometime in in July or June of 2020, uh, and so the only place you could find it is in the aftermarket eBay, you know, used bookstores or bookstores if they still have uh, product. And if you buy it on eBay, a lot of people are over the books are way overpriced. So. Well, once it goes out of print, that always happens. Yeah. And legally, the, the the publisher couldn't. If yeah. they had stuff in the warehouse, they could still sell it. But now, legally, they cannot sell it. So I'm really excited to see the uh, the second edition come out. I think it should be really fun for us who play the game. I think it's a really good system, and I think uh, a new uh, a new edition is, hopefully will bring more players and give this uh, game. A, a good shot in the arm for players, for more players to play. Because I really do, really like the system. And the, those of people who are afraid that, well, you know, I don't want to redo the, you know, I don't want to play the Lord of the Rings, you know, be Frodo and stuff. And there's, you know, there's no way, not no way, but 
you don't have to play those. There's plenty of stories to tell in Middle Earth that have nothing to do with the One Ring, and and some people have done some pretty amazing things in this in this the rules the way it's written. It takes place five years after the War of the Five Rings, so it takes place between the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, between when you know five years after Hob, uh, Bilbo gets home well, after uh, finding the ring and before uh frodo leaves on his quest and now in if you're just going by the movies it wasn't like six months or something like that it was like according to the to the book i think it was 43 years between those two events happening so there's quite a bit of time that you have to play with and uh and depending on how you want to look at the canon of the of the, of the stories you know for me canon i throw it out the window if uh, if they accidentally kill frodo and sam uh, while they're running well, around, why the would woods. you have Frodo and Sam in it? I'm just saying, then you know, Frodo and Sam die, and, and they have to deal with the ring. That's the way it works. I'm just kidding, but you know, what I'm saying is, is that the players can impact the world and not have to worry about messing up canon. Right. For me, other people not so much, but for me. Okay, before you go on for another 25 minutes on this particular yes, but game, yes. um, what about? Pendragon. I hear there's a sixth, sixth edition, edition coming yes. out by Chaosium. So supposedly, well, not supposedly, but I believe him. Uh, who's the creator? Uh, Greg, Greg Stafford. Stafford has been working on the sixth edition for like ten years, right? Uh, been reworking the rules, doing all kinds of tweaks. Now, uh, fifth edition came out. I don't remember when fifth edition came out, but they came out with the fifth edition five well, five point two, which was somebody redid the they redid the the rules just minor tweaks to the rules. They redid the art. The five point two book is really pretty, beautiful art inside and out, and it's a really nice put together book. This one says that it's the 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 Pendragon veterans will like this one because it's the fundamentally the game remains the same, but it's just ten years of of um, Greg Stafford tweaking the rules just to make them a little bit better. Yes. So yeah, exactly. And, and I, and I, you know, welcome that kind of thing. Greg Stafford passed away. It's been like two years now, you know, he was an amazing, you know, he was an amazing guy. I, unfortunately I never got to meet him or talk to him. Uh, even though he was actually at, at a couple of conventions that I frequented years ago, uh, he would go to DungeonCon because he was local, and uh, his company was here in Berkeley, so you know, Chaosium, and uh, and he was friends with my our other friend uh, Larry Detilio, who passed away also uh, before that, and he wrote the Mask of Nakalakatap, right? So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, but, people, for butchering that. So I was I was lucky to to be in this area and be involved with people that knew him, you know, like you know Roderick. You know, Robertson. Robertson knows him. You know, almost everybody and the staff of Dundrakhan. Uh, Dundrakhan knows him, and uh, you know, I I am now Facebook friends with this guy called uh, Peter Corliss, who is who actually owned the rights to publish uh, the rules for uh, a couple years, and you know, and all these guys and all these people, I should say, are really steeped in the, in the world of. Uh, of what he created, you know that you know Roderick has a character in uh, in uh, in the Pendragon rules, and that's how important it was for him to. Uh, that's how much he was involved in in Stafford's life. I think I think you know I, if I'm going to share a story, I think Roderick said that that when are, Greg, you, are you sure you're allowed to share this story? 
don't know. I think so. I think, uh, I think uh, uh, Roderick gave him money to start Chaosium, right, when it first started. And because, you know, Roderick was young. He didn't have any bills. You know, he was making good money doing whatever he was doing. And so he started, you know, he helped him. You know, he wasn't the only person to help him. But and, and, and Greg Stafford paid him back. And it was like, and Roderick really, you know, that was the kind of character he was. You know, some people, you know, they forget. They forget how much, you know, how, when you help them out and, uh, and don't pay you back, you know, money that is owed. And, and that's unfortunate, but, you know, Greg Stafford wasn't that kind of person. Anyway, and, the anyway, new sorry. game. The new game. I don't know much about sixth edition, but, uh, I think uh, anybody who plays uh, Pendragon will probably buy the book. Uh, no doubt. I'm just, sure they will. Uh, just like, uh, the reports say, you know, it's not a revamping of the rules. It's still the same core set of rules which i find very interesting and very compelling for role playing because it makes you role play not necessarily how you would want to but just the way the character is made right you know with the whole passions and and yeah prejudices whatever it is and i know that we that this episode might go a little bit longer but there's one other game one other one that i wanted to talk about and i know you still have some on your list but i found this fascinating to read that pathfinder is coming out with a savage or savage worlds and pathfinder are coming out with a version of pathfinder for savage worlds and i just want to (laughs) know what is that what does that mean okay so pathfinder the book the the rule the publisher the pay payzio payzio whatever i think to be honest they're taking a beating trying to beat fifth edition right but they also have this huge catalog of of adventures of, of campaigns and stuff like that. And, and it's a really interesting deal. I mean, this is like big news. A lot of people were shocked. Uh, a lot of savage worlds, people are going like, why, you know, why are you doing this? But I think what it does, it helps both companies. Now, savage worlds doesn't have a, a, a homebrew, you know, it is a, a generic system, right? You put whatever setting you want on it. And then, and then, and, and then the rules will handle anything you throw at it. Now, they have a fantasy companion book, I think it's called. Uh, fortunately, I think it was out of print, but I don't know. I'm not sure about that anymore. And what would happen was if you want to run a, a fantasy game, you would run, you would buy the, the core book of, of, of uh, Savage Worlds. And then you would buy this fantasy companion, which included rules for how to make elves in the game and dwarves. And all it is is like, well, you know. If you're gonna have a dwarf, he's gonna have this this uh, uh, this feat or or uh, what do you call it? Uh, let me think. <laughs> trait. Yes, <laughs> it would have this trait or or this effect in the game, right? Because the original rules they had some examples of that, but they didn't have a complete example of how to make trolls or how to make this and you know th- everything that would be needed to run a fantasy game. Unless they showed you how to do it, so I guess you were on your own to make it. But we're here. They're going to give you a complete uh, Savage Worlds fantasy campaign that's based on the on the on the ideas of Pathfinder. So it says that the Pathfinder and Savage Rules core book rule core rule book will include an adaptation of Savage Worlds game mechanics for players to make and evolve characters and for game masters to create their own design for play in Pathfinder's world of Galarian. Galarian, yes. So that's interesting. So they're going to take Pathfinder and put it into so people that so play setting. Savage Worlds all the time can. The setting will be there and you can use the Savage World rules. And they're also going to have the action deck templates 
a game master screen. Yeah, with an adventure. You gotta have everything. Power cards. It's only it's being kickstarted in early 2021. So so it'll be. I'm sure it'll fund. Oh well, actually, it was already kickstarted. I mean, it was already. I don't know when it ends, but um, its release is in 2021. So I'm sure it won't. If it didn't fund already, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. And the thing is, like some people poo pooed the idea. Poo pooed the Savage Worlds. a traditionalist so i don't know what it is uh you know people, there's always gonna be negative people and i think i think it's only a good thing right savage worlds gets a kick in the arm with a solid setting of fantasy which it really doesn't i mean they, ha- they they're like open gaming license right yes yes so th- so other people could come up with with all kinds of settings but with the publishing uh know-how of, i'm of pretty Hyazo, sure that people that that play savage worlds may have played pathfinder so this would be like a really cool thing if they didn't like the crunchiness of pathfinder they can bring it into their own their own um rule system without now. having to homebrew so much yes right i think it's a good idea i think it's a good great uh, and i, I like would... i like pathfinder it's very crunchy in the fact of all the numbers you have to deal with but um but I think it'll be cool. I actually had that listed on my list. That's going to be an interesting uh, set of rules to look at and see how popular it becomes, especially for Savage Worlds. Because Savage Worlds does really good, but it doesn't have the might or power of uh, of D and D, right? Or popularity. And I'm not going to say power or might, but and uh, it's a totally different set of rules. A totally different idea of of, of what what a RPG should be like. All I know is trying to make a character, unless someone tells you what you can use or not use, is really hard in that thing. <laughs> With the, well, I looked at their rule book, and it's kind of crazy. <laughs> so just real quick, I wanted to talk about Werewolf, the fifth edition coming out. I've never played Werewolf. Okay, I've played Werewolf twice, uh, both times at a convention. Uh, it was it was really fun. Uh, I never got into the whole any of the white wolf uh, books and the vampire werewolf and all that stuff. I think people in the nineties who were maybe a little bit younger than me really got into it. Cause they were like, it was the whole goth era. They liked you know, wearing makeup, wearing trench coats and stuff like that. I, I never did. I was busy going to school working. So I never got, I wasn't a, a teen teen or late teen, a teenager uh, in the nineties. So I missed out on the boat. Uh, I know it's it was uh, the whole series of books was supremely popular. Mage the Ascension, Zombie, Wrath the Oblivion, you know, all those books were, were popular, and uh, and Werewolf was a, a, another popular book, uh, another probably the second most popular book system, you know, from White Wolf. People really love playing the werewolves and the whole intrigue of the different tribes and all that stuff. So it was interesting. So that's coming out. I want to throw something that I don't. I don't know. I don't normally play called uh, a game powered by the apocalypse called Root, which is based on a a board game where uh, woodland animals fight against each other in political intrigue and war. They've convert made that into a RPG powered by the apocalypse. I'm not completely a fan of powered by the apocalypse, but then again, I don't think I've really played in a game that was really well run. So there you go. So there's a ton of more games out there that are coming out in 2021. You're lucky that there's a, there's always a ton of games, but this, I think, is a really good batch of games. If you go to Ian World, they have a list of the games That's coming out. That's E-N World. Yeah, the letters E, the letter N, and World. 
And if you go to their forums or their website, they have a list of games that won in the past, in the past years. So you'll, you'll see if uh, if they're any good or if they're any uh, are they correct as to how how popular those games if were. If you've played those games. Yeah, because basically they have a contest. Uh, not a contest. They have a survey, whatever you call it. And people put put the, the top three games they're looking forward to. And then they, they publish that, that list on popularity. So now that Saul has taken two episodes to tell you all the games that he might like to have in 2021 my bye um go have fun yes this is gaming perspectives with saul and jolene you have a good day